God this book that I stole from the pastor so he thinks I tapped into his sermon that I've been reading, <laughs> that I've been reading, and it was breaking down the scriptures. How many times in scriptures we see stuff and we really don't get what God is saying? And as I began to study this, God just gave me different scenarios that he put myself in. Like one was on Thursday. I was riding in the car with my goddaughter. And anybody that knows my goddaughter knows she can talk your ear off. But this one time, she was just quiet. And it was weird. So I didn't know how to respond to it because I was like, okay. So I started a conversation with her, asking her about school. Because it was awkward for me. I'm used to her telling me what she want and everything she need. But this time she was just sitting there quietly listening to the music. So I began a conversation. How many people understand we hate when there's awkwardness and silence in our life? And another thing that gave me an example was I had the pleasure of going to the Casting Crown and Hillsong concert. And in the concert, they really were trying to get the people to worship and it was a moment after a worship song where she just got silent and didn't say a word. And as she got silent and didn't say a word at all, the people began to scream their, her name and say, oh, we love you, and, you know, and all this. And she simply said, God's people hate silence. And when she said that, it woke me up and made me think about it. Like, that's so true because in that moment, if you were tapped into the spirit, it was a moment where it was just you and God for you to meditate on who he was. And what she wanted them to do was worship. But they were more worried about who they came to see to really pick up that they were trying to create an atmosphere. And the more that I understood this and God began to give me awkward silence, because we hate silence so much, we think that God has left us in the moment where he is silent in our life. We feel like God doesn't care. And as I begin to study this, I've been studying in the morning. I go all the way. I started from the first book of Genesis and just start going through the Bible again. And as I begin to study this, he just began to show me throughout the whole Bible of when he was silent, how his people start being disobedient and how they started to believe that God had left them. And that's why he gave me, we have to understand in the silence, he's testing how obedient we will be. So where we're going to be coming out of is Mark. I chose Mark because of the he's plain, cut, dry, and to the point. So it's chapter 4, verse 35 and 41. Miss Tiana is going to read from us. If you can go ahead and stand to your feet. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind although other boats followed. But soon, a fair storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. Amen. Lord Jesus, I ask as we begin to go in your word, Lord Jesus, that you would just have your way throughout this message, Father. And all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So anytime, I, I probably heard this scripture over a thousand times, and I never looked at it this way. I never thought about this. How many of you know that in the very beginning that, of that portion of that scripture that God gave a promise? Understanding that there was a promise. And as I began to identify the promise, I even thought back. But the first promise that he said, let's cross over to the other side. That was a promise that he was letting them know at the very beginning that I am promising you something, that we are going to get over to the other side. And as I began to study a little bit more about the promise, then I thought about all the different characters in the Bible. Every time before they ever went through anything in their life, they were promised, the promise was before. They went through any storm, any struggle, anything in their life, God gave them a promise of what they were going to do. And if you need help understanding this, when God took the people out of Israel, he gave them a promise that he was going to take them to the promised land. And he promised them that. But what did they have to do? They had to go through the wilderness first to get there. David, when he was in his sheep, man in his sheep, God anointed him before he actually got to his purpose. Joseph, he had a dream of what he was going to become before he actually got to his purpose. So just a couple examples. So it's in the old and in the new. And to really understand how this ties in, at this point, Jesus was taking the disciples through testing because he had already revealed to him who he was. So he was getting ready to test them to see how strong their faith was. So that's why he took them through these different steps and different parables to prepare them for it. So God always gives us a promise of what he's going to do. So when God lays out to you a plan before it, it's not that you just walk into that plan. He is preparing you for what you have to go through to get to the plan. And when I began to study this, it began to think, I looked at the word faith. And it said you have to really understand faith because it grows in the heart. And as I thought about it more, when you think about faith, I can say I have faith in you, but I'm not going to truly believe in you until I see you do it. And that's how we treat God's word. But see, the way that this faith work with God, you have to be obedient to show that you have faith. It don't work that, okay, I believe in you, I have faith in you, but when it happens, then I believe it. No, that's why the storm came to see how much they was going to trust God. So you can identify your storms in your life and the things that you go through in your life as a test. God is testing you to see if you're going to be obedient through that process of training that he's trying to take you to. He already told you that you were going to make it over, but are you obedient enough to get over? And that's what we're losing in this walk. We say we trust God and we have faith in it, but we're not willing to go through the circumstances and the consequences that come along with the promise. Because he told them from the beginning, we're going to make it to the other side. And see, when you really read that scripture, Jesus went and he went ahead and took a nap. So that shows you a sign of God's silence because he was resting. As the storm began to happen, and as the storm began to happen, that's when they began to panic. See, that's what Pastor was talking about in Bible study. When the storms and things in your life begin to rain and happen in you, you begin to panic, and you try to control it yourself. A 
I'm going to figure this out. What am I going to do? I have this plan. God, show me the promise. So we tell ourselves how we're going to get ourselves over to the other side. Instead of saying obedient on the plan or what God gave us. See, that was the difference between these characters in the Bible. If you look at Joseph, David, any of them, no matter what their circumstances were in their life, they never lost faith and they stayed obedient to the plan. And it's funny because we were in the sprint store yesterday and I asked the man, I think he was weird because, you know, it was a young girl and I said, you go to church? And when I asked him if he goes to church, he began to open up and say, oh, well, yeah, I used to go. I said, why'd you stop going? He could never give me an answer for that question. But he wanted to debate me about the Bible. If you can't tell me why you stopped going to God's house and why you stopped being obedient to his word because of storms and troubles that came in your life, why do you want to discuss God's word? He could never answer that question. And that's how we are in our life. Because trouble comes upon us in the moment of God's silence, we feel like he has forgotten about us. He don't care about us. Come on now, think about the Israelites, what they do. When God wasn't answering their every call, they begin to become disobedient. They begin to say, oh, oh, we create our own idols. We create these different things. They begin to get in chaos. Because of the simple fact that God was silent. But as long as he was speaking, they were willing to move. And that's how we are in the Christian walk. We think that our storms are bigger than what God already promised us. So I got to figure this out. I, I, I got to plan how we're going to do this. So I know this is what I want to get to. So I'm going to go ahead and put this here. I'm going to do this. This is how I'm going to get there. Okay, it don't seem like that. We switch everything up instead of just saying obedience. Staying in our word and praying. Because you know when things get tough, you don't pray like you used to. You don't come to Bible study like you used to. You don't talk about Jesus too much. If the thought is there, you're holding on by a little bit because you want to see a miracle. But you don't do like you used to do when the storms come. When things is raging, you don't really pray the same way either if you is still praying. Because you're afraid of what the storm has bring. Danger has came into it. That's why they begin to wake Jesus up. Master, master, master. The danger has struck in, and that's how we treat our circumstances in our life. Because we're not willing to stay obedient to the path that God has given to us. We're not willing to sacrifice and go through everything. See, obedience means that I'm willing to go through every consequence. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get to my promise. But we're not willing to do whatever it takes to get to the promise. If it comes with a cost, I don't want it. And that's how we live our life. That's why our relationships and everything in our life is out of whack because we're not willing to take whatever it takes to be obedient. We choose what we want to be obedient in. When God is working and moving in our life, we're willing to be obedient. But are you going to be obedient when things look down and out? Are you really going to be there when everything is telling you no and everything is going wrong in your health and in your life? Are you going to really be obedient to my call? Are you really going to still answer the same answer when it happens? 
That's what it was about. And see, it's kind of funny because as you think about it, we're talking about forgiveness. Everybody know when you start bringing up those old things in your mind with forgiveness and everything and willing to forgive, it seemed like those old storms start to roll up in your life. The old anger, the old things that got you bitter and mad, all those things start to come up because now you're trying to say, do I really, you're battling what should I really be obedient? Should I forgive him or should I not? That's why, that's why it was so important for us to preach about it and to, for us to hear it because God's trying to take you over to the other side, but you can't get there until all those things in the closet come out, until all those secrets be released, all the anger and everything that you thought you got over really get released off your life. That's why you're not crossing over. It's not that God don't care. He don't fear. He's trying to take you over clean. He's trying to take you over new because you can't bring all that baggage in there. He's trying to get you to the other side of what he wants to do. And as when Jesus woke up, he, he said he, they said he rebuked him. That rebuke is a strong word because they said anytime Jesus cast out a demon, he rebuked the demon out. How many of you know you need to rebuke some storms in your life? Because the storms in your life is the spirits that are controlling you. As much as we don't like to like look at it, he's telling you to rebuke the things in your life and stay obedient to my I have to rebuke this. Okay, doctor, I understand what you're saying. Okay, job, I hear you, boss. But I got to rebuke this because I know who I serve. I'm on a path right now. And as I study this, God began to show me that's why we're not seeing the miracles in the that's why you're not seeing healings because we got so much we're not lined up in obedience we can't see it we can't really believe it we think okay yeah I'll go get prayer yeah okay I'm gonna feel a little better for a day but it really ain't gonna be gone we don't believe that diabetes can leave we don't believe that cancer can leave we don't believe that high blood pressure can leave but the more I'm studying, all these things can be rebuked and removed off your life. But it's the lack of faith that we have, and we're not obedient to believe that God's word will do it. We don't believe we can be set free, and that's why we're so bound up. We walk out of here, we're angry, we're mad at everybody. We don't want to be honest, but it's time to get honest. We're mad. Because we think God forgot about us. He didn't want dead on us. God, you hear me calling out. You see me doing what I'm doing, but God, I'm just trying to, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. But it was something else he put in me. And this is my mom's favorite poem, and God just showed me it yesterday. It was something about the footprints in the sand that many people miss. If you notice, his footprints went the same way. Because he was walking on a path of obedience. And as he walked on that path of obedience, when it was in the moments of his toughest time in his life, he only seen one footprint because God was carrying him. I think that Arthur was really trying to get people to understand, as long as you stay in God's obedience, it don't matter where you go and what you do, God is going to be carrying you through the way. So when he's silent, it's because he's carrying you. That's why he had asked God, why is there only one footprint? He didn't even understand why it was only one footprint. Because God was showing him in that moment. That's when I carry you. You may not felt me. You didn't see me, but I was carrying you, baby. I'm carrying you across. We're going to get there. It's a little tough, but I'm carrying you to the other side. That's what I think that Arthur was trying to get away. Don't ever lose your obedience to God thinking that the storm is bigger than the problem. 
Because God's trying to carry you over to the other side. God's trying to take you a little deeper. He's trying to open up some doors. He's trying to release it. But you can't get to the other side if your obedience ain't lined up. It's time to rebuke the things. And they say even, they believe that the reason why the storm actually happened is because when Jesus got to the other side, he cast out two demons out of a man. So they believe that the devil was actually trying to stop Jesus from getting to the other side because he was about to do another miracle. He was about to set somebody free. How many of you know the devil would do anything to stop you from getting to that other side because God really want to set you free and do some things in your life, but we give up in the midst of it. We're giving up too easy, and then we're wondering why God is leaving us. But he never left you. It's just a period where he has to be silent because he's trying to get you to figure it out. He got to be a little quiet for you to be able to figure it out and how to walk. I'm going to trust you even when I don't hear you. That's what he was trying to do. And in our life, when God gets quiet, we get scared. That's why I called it awkward silence. You know you hate riding in a car riding. You ain't got nothing to say to nobody. It's the most awkwardest feeling, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, how's your day? You start weird conversations, and that's how we are with God. It's an awkward silence because sometimes we know we're ready to give up, so we don't even know how to approach his throne. We don't even know how to talk to him. It's awkward to say, I want to pray. It's awkward to say, I want to open up my Bible because, Lord, I don't even know how to feel. Like, I don't think you're real right now. It's awkward to us when he gets silence on us. But the enemy knows as long as he can silence you, he can silence what you're trying to get to. See, when it comes to this, it's more when you worship. And see, that's one thing I begin to learn is when you worship and you're angry, it's better to worship when you're angry because you're releasing everything that you came in here with. But most of us would stand there like this. We lift our hands in the sanctuary. Oh, just get to the preaching already. I need to hear a word. But how many of you know sometimes the worship is what's going to really get your heart ready for the word? Because if you just sit there like that, you still walk out mad. I came here for no reason. I should have just stayed my behind home. I didn't get nothing from God. Because in those moments, we hate the silence. How do I lift my hands and say, Lord, I love you? Lord, I praise you, but Lord, all held and broke loose. How do I do it? Awkward silence he gives us. But he was showing us the obedience. If we stay on that, we're going to get to the older path. And that's why he looked at him and said, oh, you a little faith. Sometimes, you know that faith get little. And some of us are still stuck in the middle of the storm. We ain't even got past because some of us don't even have enough sense to wake Jesus up. Some of us don't even have enough sense to call on his name. So we just sitting there in the storm, and it's just taking us over and taking us over because we don't even have enough sense to wake him up. And we don't think we can get to the other side. But that's what he was trying to tell them. That's his victory. When you get to the other side and you obedient in spite of what you're going through, in spite of what the circumstance is. See, believing in something is just believing in a circumstance. But when you're obedient in the midst of everything, no matter what the consequences, no matter what you have to give up, that's what true faith is. And we preach too much, just believe. Just believe. I didn't think I ever had anybody come up to me and say, be obedient, God will give you everything. 
We just preach be, fa- be faithful. Just be trust him. What am I trusting? If I don't understand my obedience, how can I trust something if I don't understand the obedience of what I'm supposed to do? And that's what this parable of the storm was for. He was showing his disciples. You need to trust me no matter what. No matter what is going on, no matter what circumstance you're put in, you need to obey me and know that I am God. That's why he said silence. And I think pastor preached this a while back when he told you to start saying, be still. And it brought it back up to me, be still. He was telling you to be still what's in your life. But we still don't practice it because we don't understand that as long as we're obedient and we begin to rebuke the things, Lord, I trust you, I'm going to keep doing this. Everything will begin to be silent and be still in our life. So when God is taking us through that silent period in our life, we will know how to be make it through. But we're too afraid to give up everything that's causing God to be silent in our life. We think that they're bigger than our God. And the reason why I did this is because all y'all deal with obedience. Your test is obeying your parents. And we all fail at it. See, just coming to church, just going to youth group, you can go to as many youth groups as you want. You can go to as many conferences as you want. But if you don't learn how to be obedient to God, everything that y'all go through, Every feeling you have will never leave your life. You'll become adults with trouble past. You'll be an adult with a little child in your body that you're still dealing with those emotions. Being obedient to God is what this walk is about. That's what Christianity is about. We're teaching people everything else. Being obedient is what this walk is about. If you don't learn anything else, be obedient to God. That's what this walk is about. It's knowing who he is. You wonder why you can't understand a subject in school? Be obedient. You wonder why everything in your life affects you the way and you get angry and mad? Be obedient. Watch it change. Learn how to be obedient to God. Not not the people, your friends and everyone. We can be obedient to them anytime we want. It's easy to be yes man and be the people. It's harder to be obedient. And like I told you guys, the most anointed people come with a cost. It's a pause that they had to go through, something that they had to travel through to get to that point. But when you choose to choose God over everything else in your life, trust me, obedience is going to get you to where you want to go. But it takes being obedient. Even when you don't have an example of obedience, that's a powerful thing as a young people. You know how you see some young people and they be loving Jesus and Christ and they be like, oh, no, my family don't go to church because they learn how to be obedient to Christ even when they don't have an example. That's why their heart is filled. That's why you see them prosper. That's why you see them be like, oh, I got a full ride scholarship. I got this because they have obedience to Christ even when they don't have an example. That's a bigger cost. When your family is not an example to you, but you choose to choose God, it means something to you. That's what we got to learn. That everything that we do is for God and being obedient to what he called us to do. Because he told us in the very beginning we had a promise. 
If you think about back when you was a child, you probably wouldn't think you are where you are in life now. It was something that God laid on your heart and told you what you were going to do. He gave you a promise. But because our lack of obedience, we got off the track to the promise. And we don't believe that we could fulfill those things because of what we've been through or what we've done. But he's saying, if you learn to trust me throughout the storm, everything that I promised you from day one can be yours. We can get to the other side. I already gave you the promise. The promise remained, but how you get there is going to be up to you. If it's going to take you 40 years to get there, that's up to you. But your promise is still there. If I don't leave you with anything else, learn how to be obedient. That was the point of it. That's why after unforgiveness, it was time to learn how to be obedient. Because after unforgiveness is pre presented to you, it's your choice if you're going to obey what the God's word is saying to you. It's up to you if you're going to obey to forgive. It's up to you if you're going to make that decision to cross over. Because every desire that you have and promise God gave you will be released. But will you be obedient for it? Go ahead and stand to your feet.